everybody. Welcome to the Web Cave. I am the man of gelatin, Daniel Hummer. I'm here with my uh, my boy, Bobo. How the hell we doing, Bobo? What's up, you swollen set of pussy lips? Not much. <laughs> Not too much. I guess swollen. Uh, it's swole. Yeah, I'm, I'm big swole. I'm swole. Uh, yeah, that was that's a unique one. Uh, we're here for a big episode. Uh, we're we're finally talking about since Bobby's probably the biggest you know Snyder bot we've ever met, and he's a big part of the show. Uh, it's only fitting that we do our review of Zack Snyder's Justice League. You're goddamn right, dude. <laughs> and, and a You're lot more. Truly ever... Yes, I am, and we have a lot of comic shit. We got the. For the single issues, the new stuff that dropped uh, well last week now, but Planet Hulk, World Breaker, Invincible Iron Man number one, and World Breaker number two, by the way, uh, uh, Invincible Iron Man number one, Dark Crisis, Big Bang number one, and Batman Spawn. And uh, we also have our reading assignment, which is Bobo. The World War Hulk series from 2007. Five-issue limited series about Hulk returning to Earth after the Avengers sent him away. And boy, was this series action-packed. Yeah, spoiler alert. He's not fucking happy. (laughs) No, he's not. He's a little pissed, and it it definitely shines through. But uh, we'll get get into all that. There's not really much news going on. There's more, like, I don't, we're not talking about the gun shit anymore until we see, like, actual news or movies or something. No, we have to talk about the one fucking thing. We have to bring this up. Don't just get past this conversation, because I got some fucking things to say. (laughs) Oh, God. Go ahead. (laughs) No. How are you just going to skip past one of the biggest slaps in the D.C. fan community base right in the fucking face of the fire of Cabell for the second fucking time? Did we not talk about it last week? Two months ago. No, it just happened. What? Uh, him kicking? I feel like it's been a while. It didn't happen last week? What, oh, what no, did it happen? Friday? Right? Oh, okay. we, we, we talked about Patty Jenkins will be getting canceled last week. Oh, and I think we talked about the possibility of Campbell leaving because we talked about all the rumors. Yeah, and then look what happened. Yes. Okay. Okay, so this is actual news that we do have to talk about. Uh, yeah. Henry is. Campbell yeah, is no longer shit. Superman. No, fuck James Gunn. I'll say it over and over again. You piece of shit, James Gunn, fuck you. I forgot about this. See, this could have been a whole episode, and it's, and it's fitting it's on the Snyder Cut episode. <laughs> it is. Uh, I hope yeah. you're listening, James, because we're at the review of a real fucking DC movie, something you're not going to be able to make because you're fucking He's trash. Not. He doesn't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. It'll make his if somebody somehow gets wind of this and it ends up in his pathetic fucking ears, then good. Fuck him. Yeah, this is an interesting one. James Gunn made the decision. He said, since we're kind of rebooting here, we're staying fresh. He wants a younger Superman, so Cavill got the boot after Cavill left Witcher to do this thing, which is kind of fucked up. So now Cavill's gone. And uh, we're going to have a different Superman. And fans are pissed. This was worldwide news. Like, people would, I, that's all I, usually, you know, and this shit's 
it's a pretty big genre, like the superhero shit movie, especially because of the MCU. So, you know, you see a lot of shit in other places, not just like the groups we're in. But this was like, I'm scrolling down my whole feed, and everything I fucking see is a picture of Cavill with people pissed off. And it's, it's nuts. Like, that's all, literally all I saw Friday or whenever it dropped. So it's, it's crazy how, how pissed off people. Like, it was funny because James Gunn, like, his, uh, I thought his response was pretty good when he's like, disrespectful outcry will never affect my decision, which I thought was cool because you literally tweeted him and told him that, you know, a whole gambit of things. <laughs> Yeah, I went off on the Instagram because he fucking deserved it, dude. I understand the reboot, and I'm not, I'm not mad at the reboot. DC needs a reboot. It's something we need. It's kind of hard to pick up from Snyder's vision and have somebody else come in and do it when it's not him. It's hard, yeah. hard to do that. So, like, I'm okay with the reboot. But don't fucking bring Henry Cavill back not even two fucking full months ago and say he's back as Superman and say a Man of Steel 2 is in writing and then you fucking fire the dude. Later, like the dude did promotional fucking interviews with podcasters and radio hosts and like comic book people and like did live public interviews that's on the internet and on YouTube about his return as Superman. Exactly. Literally, script's not even written yet, and they fucking fire him already. Yeah, I I know, and it was fucked up, and because, and and we got to remember though. You do have to remember because you can't put the announcement on James Gunn. You could you could say he got rid of him and he didn't want him in his vision and that's fine and well and you can put whatever blame. But James Gunn took on the role as co-CEO of the newly founded DC Studios on November 1st. That movie came out uh, the 24th that weekend. So James Gunn did not announce this. James Gunn wasn't the rock that made this was the Rock's first of all, Rock was like, "I don't give a fuck," and I'm everyone's still awaiting this man's response. It's hilarious, and he did not follow shit. That's a lie. He even confirmed that that's a lie. Uh, I know. He, he never he never unfollowed any accounts. Uh, but he, uh, we're all waiting for his response. You tweeted him too, and he's he's probably got a lot to say because he fucking he worked like. Years, like I remember him posting about it when it happened. He's like, I fucking tried so hard to get this man back. Like he was one of the big proponents of Campbell coming back. So I don't know why out of the blue there was no, like, there was no, no communication. No one told Gun. There's no way Gun knew and then fucking pulled this shit. I don't think. I don't think that that's the case. But he did come into no, what the job. I don't think, huh? It's another thing I don't think is fair. Every character that James Gunn hasn't worked with in DC is gone. Every actor and character that he has worked with has been untouched. All of the Suicide Squad characters, Margot Robbie included, untouched. Amanda Waller, untouched. John Cena's Peacemaker, untouched. His own real-life wife, who plays Amanda or Amelia Harcourt, whatever the fuck her name is, untouched. Every other single character gone. Well, we don't know any. That's not confirmed yet. And he's even said a lot of that's bullshit. We can't. I'm only taking what's coming out of the horse's mouth. The only reason that we're talking about this as news is because Cavill fucking said it and Gunn said it. And it's it's the truth. That's what's happening. Everything else is fucking shot in Freud and we don't know what the fuck's real. 
So we can't really comment on stuff that hasn't happened yet. Who knows if Black Adam 2 is ever going to happen? Who knows? We, like, they've never said – they haven't said anything. And we don't know what's in his vision and what's not. We don't know if like Shazam fits in and some of the newer the movies that are going to come out. We really don't know. So we can't say that only his actors. And to me, that still doesn't make – because like that's his vision. So, why, yeah, it kind of makes sense that the actors that he has would stick around. And – Peacemaker is a great character, but John Cena is not going to be in the final battle of Crisis on Infinite Earths. You know what I mean? Like, so no, I he's think... going to be Peacemaker, and like you can't say that his his characters that he's interacted with in DC so far have interacted with the other characters in the universe. So it's not fair to keep them and not scrap them and scrap the others. Well, no, because he's only talked. Like he only Ezra talked and Momoa were in Peacemaker. Yeah, but. Ezra, if Ezra goes, it's his own doing, and we can all agree on that. Ezra's the only one that should be fucking cut. <laughs> the fact that Ezra's still around it kind of amazes me. I know they're doing this movie and shit, but Ezra's kind of a fucking, you know, psycho, which, you know, I hope they get help and stuff, but that, that's what's going on right now. Ezra's kind of ass, so... And Momoa, no one knows that the Lobo thing is not confirmed. No one knows what Momoa is doing after Aquaman, so we can't say that yet. Uh, so if those two stay, then yeah, then Peacemaker he because Super Cavill wasn't there, Affleck wasn't there, Godot wasn't there. I, I'm not. I just don't think. I think the outcry makes sense. And it was funny because he he was like a small minority. It's like no, bro, it's the whole fucking thing. Literally, hashtag fire James Gunn was number one trending on Twitter for like three straight fucking days. I was like, dude, it's everybody. It's not. It's not a minority. I'm not. I'm mad that they did the guy dirty because he seems like the nicest person on planet Earth, and he seems like a great guy. And he fucking nobody loves being Superman more than him. And he really like. And like how we talk nobody, about Gal. Nobody's more references. true to the character than Cavill besides Christopher Reeves. And I wouldn't even say he's more true to the character. Him and Cavill are equally true to Superman. Well, Cavill's like, real just, life is true to the character. But he never really got that on screen, Not at least till the end of the movie we're talking about tonight. But uh, I, think, I think it pisses a lot of people off because they were excited for that kind of more lighthearted... Henry Cavill. I know you don't give a shit because you like the darker stuff, but I think people wanted more old-fashioned Superman as opposed to Man of Steel angsty. No, I like Man of Steel's tone. I like how it put it in reality, but I do want the bright Superman like that we read in the comic books. And Cavill, I can't see anybody else doing it besides Cavill. And it's not just the firing and that was what pissed fans off. It's the fact that he wants to tell a young story about a young Clark Kent being a news reporter at the Daily Planet and not being Superman. Like, we don't want to watch the entire fucking seven seasons of Smallville in a two-hour movie. See, I haven't heard anything about the, like... Well, I know he's going to... As a young journalist, he he said, but I don't think we're going to, like, just follow him around at the Daily Planet or anything. And Smallville's on the farm. So it's not like he's still in he's still in Smallville. No, but it's like the, the like the character development of what happened throughout Smallville is what he's going to do in the first movie. That's like that's what his plan is: is to develop the character throughout the first movie. And like nobody, even I'm not the only one that feels like this. I've seen hundreds of tweets where people are don't want to see this movie again. Like we've already seen this story told multiple times, and we've read it multiple times. We don't want to watch it again in the movie. 
we want to see Superman fighting ginormous fucking battles, something we've never seen Superman do in a movie yet. Besides the 10 minutes he fought Steppenwolf in the Snyder Cut. I agree with you. I don't we have, we've, we're still yet. Superman's been in movies since the 1970s, and it's 2022 now, and we're still yet to see Superman fight a huge battle. Yeah. A super big one. Yeah, because what, what was the big feat? I mean, man, the battle with Zod was pretty big time, right? But I, I do, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Like a fucking dark side or some, like Mongol or a big side, physical I Mongol. Um, yeah. I forgot the other name of the other guy. It's a weird one. But there's tons of them. Brainiac, yeah, any of them guys. Yeah, because, like, the big feet in Superman Returns was he just lifted that city. Uh, yeah. Like, I, honestly, I agree. the most bizarre thing that I've seen Superman done is Tyler Hoechlin or Hoechlin's him facing Bizarro in the Superman and Lois TV show. That's the most bizarre thing I've seen Superman do yet. Yeah. Yeah, there's still I don't know I don't know what a young Superman means or what he plans on doing. As as a poet like he said it's not an origin but every all a lot of the details seem very origin-y. <laughs> We've all it's like it just feels very if it's like, not an origin, yeah, you're not really exactly. doing a good job explaining how it's not an origin. <laughs> like young journalist Clark Kent working at the Daily Reporter, you mean the time in his life when he's still discovering all of his powers and trying to learn how to be Superman still? Yeah, that's, that's an origin. Sounds like an origin to me, dude. Like, I, I get it. Like, they're probably not going to show the planet blow up, and I appreciate that, but it's like still, like, it's still an origin, Doug. It depends what the, he said. Yeah. That he's still gonna have met the major heroes, though. So we'll see how that plays out. I don't know. Uh, I'm still gonna watch the movies. I know for a, a few days there, you were like, "Fuck that! I'm done with this bullshit." I don't know if you're still on that wave. I might watch it when it comes on stream, but he's certainly not getting my movie ticket price. Okay. Yeah, I think it was just a bad look. And it was something they didn't need. It, like, see, he doesn't need this to be his first move as the head. And it kind of sucks. I still believe in him. And I've, because you've been strongly against him from the beginning. And I, I, yeah, because I knew something like this was going to fucking happen. I've been saying it the whole time. Shit like this is going to happen. You even were telling me, like, yo, he's not going to get rid of Cavalry. He can't do that. No, he I didn't. Did. I'll, I'll be the first one to eat crow on this one. I didn't think this was going to happen. I didn't think that they would have the balls. To to fire the man after they fucking announced, made him announce it, like told him to announce it, fucking had him quit The Witcher. He showed up in black at like all this shit, and then they're like, "Fuck you!" And so like, and he's been jerked around multiple times before this. Like they've teased him coming back and then not. It's like I just I feel bad for the guy more than anything. Like the fans, like we'll we'll get what we get. I don't give a fuck. Like, I, I'd love to see more Henry Cavill, but I feel more bad for him. Like, a man lost out on a job. That's his livelihood, you know? Like, I'm sure he's got the money, but still, like, that's a big role, and that's a big thing. That's something that, not only something that you love, but that's a job. And so, and he was promised a job, and know, was taken away from him, and that's kind of fucked up, when the, no matter how you it look. Fucked up. Like, I'm okay with whatever reboot you want to do. That's fine. Do whatever you want to do. But the okay. fact that... Like Godot and Cavill are gone. It's, it's going to be very, very hard to see somebody else play those characters. 
Yeah, I mean, Godot's not 100% confirmed yet, but we'll see. Like, don't take them two away. I could settle with Affleck being gone. Affleck's my favorite Batman, but we've had 20 Batman before. I'm okay if we get another one. Like, I'm okay with that, with that, but, like, Cavill's, like, no, dude. It's like, that to the world, that's like taking Heath Ledger away from the Joker if he didn't die. Yeah. Like, that's just, it's stupid. Very it is stupid. stupid. It, it, it wasn't right the way it was done. I don't hate James Gunn. I still think that the DC future could be bright. And I think that there, I think he's got a lot of things planned. I think he loves the comics and the characters. And I think he's going to try to utilize that. But this move was not a good one. I, 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 I'll even agree to that. I don't think that this move was a good look. I think it just looks bad. It should have been avoided somehow, even if it was unavoidable. I don't know. But you don't announce it and then tell him to take a hike. Especially to someone so fucking dope and so nice. Uh, someone but, who's loved by their community. Like, people who don't even like DC love Henry Campbell as Superman. Yeah, he's adored. Not when it came out, but now he's adored. When it came out, people were shitting on him for fucking Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman. Guy couldn't catch a fucking break. Now he's America's sweetheart. But I wouldn't necessarily say he got this shit under his neck. I'd say the movies did. Yeah, but you're the title character of the movie, and people are talking shit about the movie. What does that make you? You know, like Dude, people talk shit about Batman versus Superman because of one fucking sentence. Yeah, that he utters. Martha. Those movies get always got a bad rap. I'm just saying, I, I'm not like you or me or any, like, really in the loop, but I feel like there were some Fairweather fans that just came out of nowhere for this, too. Like, I do, like, Henry hadn't got that much love in a while, the the love that he's getting now. He wasn't getting it back then. I remember. I was around, and I didn't see, like, they he wasn't as fucking praised as he is now. He deserves the praise because he was a good actor. He He was a good Superman. And he did what he was told, and he fucking did his job, and, you know, I'm not impressed. Like, the Snyder Cut totally redeemed him. I think I think the Snyder Cut, which we'll get into soon, I think that gave him a lot of love back. Because you kind of finally yeah. got to see his Snyder arc finished a little bit. But we'll get into it. Uh, let's move on from this shit. Uh, hopefully we get some good news soon. Let's talk about some of the single issues. We got Invincible Iron Man number one by Gary Duggan, uh, art by Kale New and Juan Frigeri. Uh, what do you think, Big Dog? I thought it was pretty good. I like how this story doesn't really stick in the same spot for a while. It progressed very quickly for issue one. Because it started off with a very modernized twist and, like, kind of scurried through origin story of Iron Man because I went back to the cave and everything and mentioned that with Mark One, the first suit. And then they they really got, like, up to the action. Like, as soon as they finished the origin, like, the action did not take long to start. They, 
I thought it was a pretty good story. It definitely looks like a good promising series. And the artwork was really good. The artwork was re- like out of ten. Yeah, I really liked the artwork. I thought it, I thought the art was good in this. The cover art, like this is my cover of the week. Probably not my book of the week, but the the cover art when with him just fucking standing in front with the pose and the like it just it's so well drawn and he just looks so fucking badass. And the interior like every, all the art inside's badass too obviously, but yeah, I thought I thought the art was really good. And I thought the story the story wasn't bad either. And, you know, Tony's always fun to kind of follow around. And he's, like, witty and stuff. And I don't know how they're going to tackle the drinking again. The end was a little weird with him kind of falling over. And it seems like he's back on the sauce. But it might be something else at play because he doesn't remember doing it. And like, who knows? But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens next. The next issue... They're calling it damage control. That's what they says next. Yep. And uh Yeah. I'm I'm excited for it. I thought this was a decent issue. I didn't like did it set the world on fire? No, but I thought it was alright. I d I didn't yeah, hate it, it at all. No, it wasn't fantastic, but I like how it didn't really waste any time. It kinda like, all right, here's the origin. We'll catch you up on what's been happening in the universe and then we'll get right to it. Like, they didn't waste any time. I like how the writer did that. Like, it's not one of those kind of dragging. It's not like our Planet Hulk that we're about to review where we're two issues in and nothing's fucking started yet. <laughs> you got a point, yeah. this is, You're right. This was a lot more, here's, the, here's what you need to know. Here's the basis of the character if you've never read Iron Man. Like, this is a, a beautiful jumping on point for people. It, it is. It, like, it's, 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 you've never read Iron Man, it's perfect. You're mediocre with Iron Man, yeah. good jump point, and you, even for very well reverse yeah. Iron Man fans, like, it's a good book. Exactly. You you can just jump on not it and be like, not cover. know a thing about him. It tells you all you need to it's know. It's not my cover of the week. It's not what? It's not my cover of the week this week. Oh, it's not? It is not. Well, uh, yeah, I I thought I mean I loved the cover, but I mean there was a lot of good covers this week. Uh, what what was your cover of the week? My cover of the week was my variant cover by Francesco uh, Martinez, Batman and Spawn variant. Yeah, my variant. I thought I got it was the only one in the store that had this cover, and I was the very first one in the store, and I had to buy it. It was the coolest one. There's so fucking many. Because you and me have similar but different ones. Like, they're both posing in, or I think mine's in the rain. Is yours in the rain, too? No, I just sent you the picture. They're, like, standing in, like, an alley, and there's, like, bats above them. Yeah. <clears throat> I remember you showing me when you first picked it up. Yeah, and the bat, yeah, that is badass. That's definitely that is- my favorite cover of the week. And I even actually got... The Son of Kal-El number 18 that came out this week. I even got the Batman Spawn variant cover of that. So it's John Kent and Spawn on the cover. That's fucking cool. That's fucking cool. It was actually really cool. I seen that and I was like, that's fucking badass, dude. John Kent standing over Spawn. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh... But, no, Invincible Iron Man, good story, kind of tells you all you need to know and then gets right into it. Tony's back on the sauce. We'll see what happens. Uh, 
I give this overall like a 6.5 out of 10. I, thought I it was would say more higher. I'd, I'd say like a 7. Okay. I give the story a 7 and the art a 9. The art was really good. The art, the art does bump it up. But I just, uh, I like it. I think it's good so far. It's just, it doesn't have me, you know, floored or anything. But I, I think it's a good book. Good so far, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't see who the villain of the story and everything is. Yeah. We're still building to that a little bit, but it seems like we're going to get a lot more context in the upcoming issues, which is cool. For sure. All right. You want to review one of our DC books? You want to do this variant? The crossover event of the week? Or of the year, I should say? <laughs> of, of the week? How many other crossovers were this week? Crossover event of the year. Yeah, we can talk about it. Batman Spawn. Uh, Todd McFarlane. Another a masterpiece for Todd McFarlane. And uh, of course, art by Greg Capullo. Are you like you said, you Francesco did your variant. I'm not sure who did mine. I got a fucking. I'd have to go. Mine says it right the on book. the back of the book, like on the back cover. Yeah. But I thought that this was fucking awesome, bro. <laughs> I've been heavily into this book. This book was really good. It was so action packed. Yeah, I expected this book to be like this. I expected it to be action packed. Yeah. The story I didn't expect to go the way it did. I thought it was just. I actually no. thought this was just going to be an all-out fucking war. These two just trying to kill each other for an entire fifty pages. I mean, but, I didn't. I knew there would be someone in the middle. I didn't think it'd be the court owls, but no, I didn't think the court was going to get involved. Like, and like Commissioner Gordon was in there, and Alfred was in it, yeah, and like bit. other members of Spawn's family were mentioned in it. Yeah, the Gunslinger Spawn and King Spawn and all that. Uh, yeah, yeah, the show was cool. I, but believe you me, though. Uh, the the fight itself, it was pretty badass. Which one? They did give it a few pages, a, a, few, a couple of. I mean, yeah, of course they they fought it a couple. The first one, I'd say the first one, before the Spawn, one they fought each other. Yeah, when they fought each other. Yeah, yeah. When when they went at it, at it at, with each other at first meeting, and they fucking Spawn's beating the shit out of him, but then. They fucking took Spawn's powers away for a second. Batman gets the fucking jump out of it. That lasted a few pages, and each panel, it was just, like, very graphic with the blood, and it was just so badass to to read. Was, like, yeah, I knew they were going to become friends again, but it was so cool. He's facing, in like, an underworldly kind of fucking character, man. Bruce definitely had his, his uh, challenge in front of him. Yeah, he was getting his fucking dick kicked in for a, for a little bit there, but he did get the jump on him. I, I mean, that's the thing about this, right? And, and they, I like how they mentioned it in the book, how they're like, perhaps Spud should be fighting somebody else pretty much. <laughs> like, I forgot how they said it, but they were like, he, he his powers would say that he would have a different foe in the DC universe. I forgot the exact line, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And it's like... No, but he's going against Batman. And it's not really a fair fight. Like, Spawn's a fucking... He's like Hell's Soldier. <laughs> like, like, he's fucking... Yeah, he's majorly outclasses Batman. Yeah, he's way... Like, he's got actual powers, so it's a little different. But it was the fight itself was fucking cool. Uh, the way they worked together, 
and uh, took down the Court of Owls. I liked the Court of Owls as, as the villains, and I thought they did really good. I th- thought for a f- one one shot story, I thought this told a whole story in a really good way to where you got all the context too. You really don't need to. They, yep. I mean, they fucking they take you through both origins. They, it was kind of the same thing as Iron Man, right? Like they just you, that's all you needed. You you can have a base knowledge, Batman and Spawn, and go into this and like it. And Spawn and him killing people and Batman not liking it, like it had all the good stuff that you would think that it would have. So I yeah, thought this absolutely. was really good. I thought it was really good too. I like how they kind of intertwine their origin stories together. His wife died the same night that Bruce's parents were killed. And I like how it kind of showed the Court of Owls weren't as secure the community as they really think they are. Because you got one side of the Court of Owls in the story that's trying to kill Batman so they can truly take over Gotham exactly once and for all. And then you got the other side of the Court of Owls that's trying to use Spawn to get Bruce to open a portal. Yeah. Like, Spawn was brought there for two different reasons. Spawn was brought there for two different reasons. The Court of Owls learned their lesson. I don't think they're going to fuck with either of these two for a while. (laughs) Yeah. The one dude got swallowed whole by his fucking costume, and then he's like, and then Spawn fucked off. <laughs> Batman was cool with it. That was a badass book, man. It was. And I will say, to Todd McFarlane, the legend, he, he still got it a little bit. This is a, it was a nice little story that he, that he delivered here. And I've always been a fan of his, but he really knows what the fuck he's doing. And I mean, you know, you're a Spider-Man guy. Oh, he did for Spider-Man. And I'm a Batman guy, too. So, like, yeah, and I like Spawn. Like, I haven't really read too much Spawn, but, like, I've done some research on Spawn, and, like, I've seen the movie, and I really want to see Jamie Foxx's version of Spawn when it comes out. I really like the animated series that they did because they they went out of their way to, like, not make it a cartoon, and it was very adult-like, and it was, like, in the 90s. It was really good. Uh, Yeah, this was a good issue. I thought... It, to me, it wasn't my, well, like you said, cover of the week, but this would be my book of the week, too. Big Bang was good, and I, I know it was good, and it was good, but Batman vs. Spawn just over-delivered for me. It's a really tough for me. Like, it's a really, really close one, but I have to give it to Big Bang for my book of the week, and I'm, we can review that at the next or after playing the Hulk. But I'm a really big Flash guy in that book. Definitely, uh, Fulfilled my flash expectations for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let, let's get into that. Well, let's give this a rating. I would go like an eight point five. Um. Yeah. I go eight, not eight point five. Okay. Uh, let's go to Big Bang. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about World Breaker after because it kind of ties into the the reading assignment. Uh, Big Bang number one. Uh, this is written by Mark Wade, art by Dan Jurgens, and two other legends of the trade. Yep. And uh, 
holy shit, is this, this is the one yeah. tie-in that fucking means so much. I mean, it fucking created the multiverse, right? Yeah. This we, book we, blew me out of the water. This book was absolutely fantastic. This book was even arguably better than some of the actual Dark Crisis issues themselves, like main event issues. Right. Like, this book was absolutely fantastic. Like I just said, like, I'm a big Flash guy. And to come into this book and see Barry Allen do probably his strongest feat in one or one of his strongest feats ever was absolutely amazing and unexpected. Like, I was not expected to open this book this week and to be five pages in to watch Barry Allen at near infinite mass repeatedly punching the anti-monitor literally through the fucking multiverse. Yeah. Like, what yeah, the, that's was, a, like, Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah, this was the fucking, this was the rematch. <laughs> you know, this is the big fight from Infinite Earths. And, and I like how it explained what happened there, too. And then it, it brought it back to, uh, like, what was currently happening. And I thought Wallace was really good. Yeah. And I'm not a Wallace guy. You like Wallace. I usually don't fuck with Wallace. I do. I thought he was good at that. I like Wallace. He's my favorite kid, Flash. I, I couldn't say that. But I, I thought him in this book, he really added a lot. And he was kind of a big part of it with Barry. And and Barry, like, and just seeing all my favorite shit, you know, the the multiverse opened up. Dark Knight of Steel's in this bitch. Uh, you know, the yep. Amagoy Michael Keaton and Christopher Reeves. Yes. All that Adam stuff. Adam Uh So now everything's on its own individual earth. If you pick up this issue, this is probably an essential issue to have in your collection. And uh, look at the back, and you can see all the Earths and how everything said. It's way too much for me to list on the show, but, you know, the multiverse is back. And hopefully we get stories in all these Earths. I don't know how they're going to go about it, but that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm very excited for the future of DC Comics. At least DC Comics are really fucking good right now. So <laughs> James Gunn can fuck off whatever the fuck he wants to do. Yeah, you're cool with gun ruining the movies because you still got the books. Well, these are the books are fantastic, though. So. Yeah, the books are still fantastic. Uh, the only thing with this was it really was just a fight, and a lot of the multiverse that we saw, like we saw a panel of each. Like we see, you know, Diana fucking putting the rope around Two-Face for the the, riot, the Justice Rider shit. We see, like, Batman and them posing in the armor for Dark Knight to steal. Like, we, we didn't really get to see the... It was a very guest starry type type book, where it was very hint yeah, of this and that, you know? Definitely, at that point, it was just exposure to the multiverse and, like, letting people know that it's back. But they definitely just briefly showed you it because of what was happening during it the fact that he was punching the monitor through it or the anti-monitor. Yeah. yeah. And that was really cool. Rick, right, go ahead. I thought it was a very good visual, a very cool visual. Yeah, the whole, I mean, the art was fucking fantastic. Uh, blew, like you said, it blew me away. It was beautiful. It was like... And the whole fight itself, anti the design of the anti monitor looked really good. Like the old school look, it looked badass. And uh Yeah. 
Barry was cool as fuck, just going ham. The Infinite Mass Punch don't fuck around, man. And yeah, I thought it's not only the best tie-in. I would agree with you that it's probably one of the best. Uh, it's might be one of the best issues in the whole event. I'll fucking say it. It definitely is. So I would agree. I thought, uh, and it was nice to see, because we've been getting so much, and I know it's kind of weird to bitch because Wally was so gone for a while, uh, or he was gone for so long, but it's nice to get a Barry story again because we've been dealing with a lot of Wally lately, and I love Wally. He's my favorite Flash. Uh, and his search for Barry and everything was fucking awesome. But it's kind of cool to just kind of kind of check back with Barry and Wallace, you know? Yeah. Uh, I would give this an 8.5 overall. I, I, I'd give it the same thing as, as Batman Spawn. It was right there with it for me. I would give this one like an 8.5 or a 9. Yeah, I thought it was, definitely was, was very yeah. good. Fantastic book. Uh, the multiverse coming back. It was just, it was the only tie-in that felt essential. <laughs> you know, and I like the Dark Army and stuff. That was a good tie-in. And there's been a couple like the that. One, yeah, like that one was definitely essential because Damien figured out how to beat the darkness in that one. So that one was a very essential book. Yes. The that other tie-in, the Deadly Green, I would say, yeah, you're more like the not really necessary tie-in. Well, like, the Barry shit was okay. The whole Worlds Without a Justice League could have got scrapped. And Dark, or fucking Young Justice Dark Crisis is an abomination to comics. And it shouldn't even been involved. It shouldn't even have Dark Crisis on the fucking cover of that book so bad. And it was it was so shit. It was such a fail. I don't know why. I didn't even read them because, like, I knew it would be bad. I'm like, I'm not interested in the Young Justice. So, like, I just knew that was going to be bad. The first, the first villain they fight is this woman named the Mighty Endowed, who who gets powers through her boobs. So that tells you all you need to know. Uh, <laughs> terrible book, but thank God we don't have to talk about that here. Yeah, this book was really good. Let's uh, do our last Marvel book, and then we'll get into the reading assignment because we still have a fucking four-hour movie to talk about. Oh uh, yeah, Planet Hulk Worldbreaker number two. Written by Greg Pak, same guy that does the World War Hulk, and uh, art by Manuel Garcia and Carlo Peguilan. What'd you think, Bobby? It was all right. I really thought this series was going to be a really action-packed, full kind of story here, and I'm not impressed so far. Issue one was okay. Issue two... Same thing happened as issue two. Basically, as issue one, it was just a meet. It really wasn't much. Like, oh, we got we know banners here. Okay, give us the Hulk. Where's Hulk? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's getting there. They showed Hulk, and he like walked through the lava and like walked away because he's not interested. But. They they need to do a better job. They need to like pick up here. Like issue three, better pick up, or I honestly might be convinced to just stop reading the series. <laughs> really? I was thinking. I was like, is Bobby gonna drop off this fucking thing? I might, dude. Like if three doesn't pick up or four at the absolute latest doesn't pick up, dude. Like then I'm done. Because like yeah, I'm so far like 
I'm barely hanging on at the moment, but like for my love for the characters, what's keeping me on? But like, I'm just not liking the story so far. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like. I mean, I've, I'm actually a little higher on this than I was on issue one. I do, I do agree with you that I think that it was a lot of like character work that really didn't mean anything because it's the two characters that we really don't give a fuck about, or maybe you do. I don't. Amadis or whatever the fuck the guy's name is and the chick. Like, I don't care. Uh, I want to see Hulk. I want to see my boy. Wreck shit. I, I'm not really getting the background that we really get in World War Hulk and stuff. I'm not really getting... Like, like they're talking about what happened to the Hulk and stuff and, uh, like, everything that's going on with the girl's family and shit. And, you know, they need the Hulk pretty much. But it just seems like a lot of setup that really isn't amounting to anything. Like, I still don't really know, like, like what the bit, like, I know the threat. What are we building towards here? You know what I mean? Like, I just didn't feel like, it felt like it was building, like, it felt like the whole issue was just building to something, but I don't know what it's building to. (laughs) I just don't understand it. It's just kind of, like, it's just them talking. It's just, and it's all right. Like, I don't, I don't mind it. And I do think it picked up once Bruce Banner hit the, hit the panels. And once we get, even though. Weirdly fucking drawn Bruce Banner. <laughs> like when did yeah, Bruce Banner become Doug? You know, <laughs> Bruce Banner is fucking Doug now. He's just this dude. Like it was. So he looks nothing like the Bruce I know and love from the comics. But uh, I mean, I guess no, he could I be older. I, I'm not really sure where this is in the universe, so I could be off on that. But he looked really weird to me. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I, I just really hope it picks up because, like, I love Hulk, man. And, like, this, I'm not I'm not sold yet. No. It, it's something that was, like, like the fact that we're getting a Planet Hulk-type Hulk with, like, like, in World War Hulk and shit. Like, we were expecting something like that with nonstop action. Yeah, like, like he did World War. This Like, this is the same author. This is a, like, this is a combination of both of those storylines. And, like, it's not living up to the prior stories at all. No, but it, it also sucks and it goes against you when the title of your book is a character that's hardly in the first two issues. Like, yeah, exactly. This isn't a Hulk book so far. It's a round Hulk type shit, but it's not solely focused on the Hulk yet. No, it's not. So I don't. I give this book a five out of ten. I don't think because I I don't I didn't mind the art. I thought the art was pretty good, and I thought that kind of brought it up to like a five. But the story is kind of lacking to me so far. I would give it like a four. Yeah, yeah. You didn't you didn't fuck with this one, huh? No, I, I didn't. It needs to All pick right, up. Well, man. I keep saying it. I'm saying the same shit. It just needs to pick up. It needs to fucking pick up, dude. Uh, while we're on the big green bastard, let's talk about our reading assignment, all right? All right. The World War Hulk. Yes, sir. Written by Greg Peck. This one uh, is a lot better so far. Yeah. Action Peck from page fucking one. Yes. And like, uh, really good. Hulk just yeah. returns to Earth after he gets fucking banished 
Like we see in Thor Ragnarok movie, when Hulk gets banished, and he's on the planet, this is Hulk's return back to Earth for the first time. And he's fucking pissed. He believes that the the Avengers, when they sent him away, that they also blew up his ship and killed his child and his wife and a bunch of millions of other people on the planet he was on. And that pissed the Hulk off. He came back to Earth with a fucking vengeance. He was not happy. And he no, killed he a lot of people. He tore down a lot of people. He beat the shit out of Reed Richards. He beat the shit out of Doctor Strange. Dude, when the first fucking... When on the third page, he's Ragdoll and Black Bolt, you know we're in for a fucking action-packed series. And he beat the fuck out of all those guys. He didn't give a fuck. And my only critique of this would be that a really, and I don't want to say it like a dickhead, but my favorite type of Hulk isn't this type of Hulk. Like, when he's doing this type of shit, when he's just fully rage, fucking kill everybody, smash everybody, that isn't my favorite Hulk story. Even though it it is a lot of people's, and I recognize they're really good, and I like those. I like the more uh, kind of, they play with his humanity a bit, and they did that here, too, especially towards the end. But I like the, like, let's try to get them back down to Earth. And let's, you know, let's stop them from being so, like, let's get him in the rampage, but also, like, away from it. And let's, like, the romance with Betty. And, like, I like the heart to the Hulk. That's, he, he's that my favorite part of the What? They definitely did that towards the end of this they story with the whole... This century being the one out of control and the World Breaker Hulk was the one who saved the day. Yes. They did that at the end. Uh, but it's severely missing from the first four issues. It's just Hulk like, fuck you! <laughs> like, the whole, like he's just like, <laughs> you fucking assholes, you killed everybody, you're done. And you don't blame him. Like, it gives him a good motive. It, like, it all makes sense what's happening. They should have did a movie on this because this was fucking cool. Yeah. And he was badass. Just read. There's so many moments. There's so many different fights. Like his fight. Personally, my favorite, I'd say, was his fight with the thing, where he fucking smashed his head. And uh, oh yeah, I I really liked the fight with uh you know at the end of issue one with Tony, when when Tony's like I got I I caused this I have to try to fix it. And I mean, spoiler alert, he doesn't fix it. But even in no, Ragdoll and, like, Black Bolt and his shit with Doctor Strange and Doctor Strange having to summon, like, a demon and shit, like... Yeah, a demon so- zombie. That was my favorite fight. Like, that was your Doctor fight. Strange summoned a demon he couldn't even control and still couldn't beat the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. I Because mean, this book was, like, if you're not a dialogue guy... If you're like, dude, I, I like comics, but I really just like like cool art and badass and like read this, because like it does have some story and there is some like there's dialogue, like there's words on the fucking page, obviously, but it's not very story driven at all. It's very like boom, fucking big explosions, fucking. It's an action book through and through. That's what this is. Like it, the plot's good. I'm not saying it's a bad plot or anything. I'm just saying this is like this is a fucking eye candy type type book. For sure, it was very it was very fun to read. It was fucking awesome. Just fucking 
flipping page to page to fucking some cool explosions and him fucking punching this guy in the face or fucking wrecking this person. And your boy Spider-Man made a cameo for like three seconds just to be like, well, I'm out of here. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. He showed up and he's like, dude, the century's powerful. All right, guys, I'm out. (laughs) It was was pretty funny. I, I uh, I really liked this book. There was a couple things I, I didn't enjoy. I, some of the art, I thought the art was fantastic, and I thought the big set pieces, and especially because John Romano Jr. don't fuck around. He's a great artist. But the way he drew Hulk was, like, perfect, and the way he drew, like, Korg and all the people around Hulk, which, by the way, Korg, the poor guy butchered by the fucking MCU because this is an actual character here, not just a fucking big dummy but getting back to the art I thought the art was really good but there was some moments on some of the human characters like Tony or Reed where I thought it looked a little off and I didn't really fuck with it like some of the small just like like, not the big set you know what I mean though like some of like they look a little like they just look the art looked a little weird in some spots and it wasn't necessarily bad it just looked a little phoned in compared to some of the other big set piece shit that they did. But that's a small critique. Yeah, I, I agree. Because some of the panels, when they were in the Gladiator arena, Reed Richards looked a little goofy. Yeah, like their faces are all, they're, they're just kind of like caricatures. Like it was it was a little a little weird. But I still... Uh, it was. Bomb-ass fucking series. Uh, the five issues read so easy. It was such a fun read. It was... A, a cool story. You feel bad for him. It really, like I said, it's not my favorite type of Hulk, but they did, they did manage to kind of still humanize him at the end, especially with the big villain reveal is the dude that was working beside him. And, yeah. uh, which I, I don't think really needed to happen. Well, actually you did need to actually, yeah, it did need to happen because you had to justify the explosion without it being the hero's fault. But I thought this worked on on all levels. I thought I give the book like a probably an eight out of ten. The whole series. The whole series. Yeah, I would say around the same for me. Eight out of ten. I don't think there was no weak issues. There was no real drop offs. I was heavily entertained throughout the whole. Like the issues I had, I had throughout the whole series, and the stuff I thought worked worked the whole time. So. I thought it was badass. I thought, I mean, if you like that type of Hulk, if you like want to read a Hulk story and just want to see him fuck shit up, this is a good one to turn to. Oh, yeah, for sure. He smashed. He fucking smashed, Bobby. He smashed a lot. All right. We're done talking about comics. We're done talking about fucking James Gunn. We're here to talk about an hour deep. Almost. We're here to talk about uh, the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only Zack Snyder and his beautiful masterpiece, which is a lot of people. This is one of my, this is probably my favorite movie. <laughs> well, actually, I don't know if I can go that high, but it's definitely my favorite superhero movie, The Snyder Cut. Now, definitely. We could tackle this so many different ways because it's a four hour fucking flick. 
we could talk about like individual characters or like what what we liked, what we didn't like. I want to start with what are some critiques you have in this movie? I don't have many, but I do right. have a few. Go hit me. Zack Snyder is a visionary masterpiece, beautiful artist in his photography and his cinematic scenes. Like Zack yeah. makes beautiful movies, and he utilizes slow motion a lot for a lot of emphasis for his action scenes and like really traumatic scenes to kind of add emphasis to the scenes. And I get it, but this movie's got too much slow motion in it. It's got too much slow motion. And the thing, the other thing I bring up is I still don't understand the correlation with Aquaman's story from Aquaman one and his origin and like everything he obtains in that movie and like where his current placement is in the Justice League. Yeah. It's See, very Aquaman confusing. Cause like Aquaman 1, Aquaman 1, they show you his fucking origins. Aquaman, in the Justice, Zack Snyder's Justice League, he just gets his mother's armor and his trident, and then he's fighting with the Justice League. Like, they didn't mention that at all in Aquaman. Yeah. It's like, I'm very confused on, like, his storyline. And, like, I wish evil Superman wasn't so much of a thing. Like, I I don't hate it. I understand that the threat of Superman being evil is a very bad thing, especially when he's mind-controlled by Darkseid. Yeah. But I wanted, for the very first Justice League movie, I would have liked him to be more centric as the hero, not being evil. I agree, because it was all, especially even the end and the nightmare shit, it's like... He's used a lot as, like, a weapon. Or as, like, someone that, like, to his most simple form, just a superhuman that can kill anybody. Right. And that's fine and dandy. And and the modes and the scenarios that they put him in throughout the movie kind of set that up, and that's fine. But it was, by the end, it's like, can he just be the big blue fucking Boy Scout? Like... I like where we're at. Like, why does it have to... Like, I didn't even want the Nightmare shit after that because I didn't want Evil Superman. I, I'm tired of fucking Evil Superman. And we already kind of got it in the movie itself. So... Yeah. I'd rather just see him fight some shit for a little while before he turns heel again. I agree. I mean, I, other than that, I don't have very many critiques about the movie. Like, besides, like, the overuse, overuse of slow motion and the confusion in Aquaman's origin and, like, his, like, placement in the timeline. Because, like, they tell his origin story fucking twice in two different movies. Like, what the fuck's going on with Aquaman? Yeah, this shit was... I mean, some of the shit didn't make any sense. Like, uh, the trident's hard to explain. The outfit, he doesn't really wear his traditional Aquaman outfit, so that makes sense to me. Yeah, he doesn't really get that in the second movie. But you gotta remember that this vision 
was way before. Like they rewrote the Aquaman movie. Like after that, like this wasn't like Aquaman was never gonna. And when it came out, it was supposed to just kind of reflect the events of the Justice League. So it wasn't supposed to really keep true to this vision because as far as they were concerned, this vision was dead. No one thought we'd ever see it. Yeah. So the fact that, I mean, you're going to have, and like they still act like this isn't canon. So you're going to have a couple plot holes and shit like that. Especially because I think Mira talks about her father being dead at some point and uh her father's very much alive in the in the Aquaman movie. So Yeah. There's a couple things like that that doesn't especially mostly with Aquaman and the other ones. Uh Gal kinda stays pretty on pace because her movie came out before this was supposed to. So Yeah, and then like a, her movie happened in World War Two and in nineteen eighty four, so like it lines up. Yeah. The Man of Steel directly leads from these movies, and same thing with Batman storyline. Oh, especially Batman, because they show the ending of Batman versus Superman at the beginning, pretty much. In a very good yeah. shot. In a cool-ass way, the way they do it, too. Oh, for sure. I, uh... I really... One thing I did not like about the movie... And it's not the length, because I think four hours was perfect. Like, I've, nothing's ever held my attention for four hours, but this this did. Uh, my only big critique of the movie was that I feel... I like that they brought in Darkseid. I'm cool with all that shit. You don't have to take that out or anything. But I think you kind of muddled the waters with so many villains and so many, like, the sods here fucking talking to Stefan Wolf. And now dark side and now we're worried about the anti-life equation and now we're talking like I feel like a lot of that was like like dude we're not even finished with the mother boxes yet why the fuck are we talking about the anti-life <laughs> like like we got we already have our big thing that we're working to try to stop and I get like I mean, planting those I, seeds but this didn't plant any seeds dude this was like I would really it, disagree because if you okay. think about it if you go back to the first Avengers movie they're dealing with Loki and that whole, like, invasion, alien invasion. But at yeah. the same time, showing you back flicks of Thanos and giving you little dialogue clips of what Thanos' plan is and, like, what he's trying to obtain. So, like, not – it's definitely something they could have done better. I definitely see where your, your critique about the topic would be. They could have yeah. done that aspect. It's been done before. It was. Yeah, no, and, and that's fine. And I don't necessarily hate it either. I just feel like Stefan Wolf himself gets a little overshadowed at a certain point. At a certain point, we're all like, ooh, dark side. And that's all we fucking give a shit about. And you, when you know he's going to lose anyway. So it, it just, uh, Stefan Wolf was built so good in this. And I thought he was actually a way better villain than anyone's ever given him credit for. And especially how the Justice League really fucked him over. But he he was really good in this movie, and I just felt like because like Darkseid shows up like and they talk about Darkseid in his original battle like at chapter two at hour two, so Darkseid's like a huge. It's not like Thanos like they kind of teased it at the end. You see his face, or they they have a couple lines of dialogue about him. Like they Gal Gadot was going through the fucking history of <laughs> the first battle with him. 
Now they replaced yeah. him with Stephen Wolf in the Justice League, but in this Stark side. So, like, I, I just feel like they took like at at a certain point you might think Dark Side's the villain of this movie, even though it's clearly building up to that. But it just felt like we saw a lot of him, and I'm cool with that. More Dark Side, the fucking better. And I think, but I think the more we saw of him, the more that it took a little bit away from Stephen Wolf. Not a lot. Like, he was still a threat, but it did make because he was even like. Like he's this indentured servant, like, and I'm cool with that. That works. Like that was fine. That he betrayed Darkseid, and now he's trying to work his way back in his good graces. I just think a lot of the mumbo jumbo took a little away from him. But it's not bad. See, I don't. I didn't really feel that way because I honestly felt that um, I felt Darkseid was the true main villain of the story from the start. I honestly felt Steppenwolf's got as much time as he deserved. I don't felt like he was overshadowed. Because Darkseid really is the true villain. He's trying to come to Earth. He's trying to destroy it. Because he's trying to conquer and turn it into ash so he can save his planet. Using the mother boxes. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's Darkseid's the villain. And they're using, Darkseid's using Steppenwolf as a pawn in his scheme to use to find the mother boxes for him in order for him to come home. I definitely felt like he was utilized as much as he should have been. I definitely truly felt that Darkseid was definitely more of the main villain of the story, for sure. Because they, like, they start with Thor exactly. like They go back into history and they explain the history of Darkseid. In the entire fucking movie, you know that Steppenwolf is doing this for Darkseid and that he's terrified of him. He's just like a... He's just a pawn. Absolutely, and I'm not. I, I agree with that, but I think as a main villain for a movie, because that's what Stefan was supposed to be here. It seems like too. Like, I, yes, you're right. It, the main, the main, main villain is Darkseid, but I feel like that kind of takes away from Stefan Wolf a little bit. How prominent? Because now it's like we're waiting for them to just get through him, and we can get to Darkseid. Like to me, it does take a little bit away because it's not. It's not like the. Justice League are coming together to fight just Steppenwolf. They're coming together to fight Steppenwolf, to stop the mother boxes, to stop him from bringing Darkseid in and shit, all this other shit. So I, I, and I, it's not I don't enjoy it, because the whole story, like I don't have a bad thing to say about this story as a whole. I thought it was good. I just think you're seeing a lot, and I think especially the fact that he found out that Anti-Life was going to be there and him telling Darkseid and everything – like, that cool-ass scene. I love the scene. But it's like, let's figure out the mother boxes first. Like, it just seemed like you're introducing a lot of shit. And I'm more thinking of that for the casual audience. Because for me and you, it's like, oh, dude, we get the fuck Mother boxes live action and fucking... And, like, this shit's awesome. Like, the, like, the amount... Because, like, hardcore fans, like, you hear fucking anti-life, you're like, oh, God, hell yeah. Same thing with mother boxes and shit. But so we don't give a shit. But like to the casual fan, they might be like, "Wait, what the fuck? Anti life now?" Like I thought he was trying to get the mother boxes together. Like what the fuck? Right. But yeah, that's that's just my individual critique. But besides that, and even with that, I, it's not something I don't like. I can just say, like I've heard other people say it too, and I can see why they would come to that conclusion that. They, it was stuffed with a lot, so it kind of took away from uh, Steppenwolf. 
But I agree with you, too, that Stefan Wolf was used how he was supposed to be used and in the right way, and you didn't really need more or less of him. Right. It, it was good character development. I, uh, who do you think, out of the main leaguers, who do you think was done the best and the truest to the character, and who do you think could have been done better, if there, if there is anybody? I felt three people were very, very true to the character, and I felt one could have needed some work, and the other two could have kind of just floated. They're they're okay. Okay. Gal Gadot is a absolute one hundred percent spitting image and a one hundred percent replica of personality of the embodiment of Wonder Woman. She plays the truest form of Wonder Woman I've ever seen in that movie. In the Snyder Cut alone. She plays the more truer Wonder Woman than she does in her own two movies. She plays the Justice League Wonder Woman that we know. We see the goddess warrior princess in this movie. Ben Affleck is Batman. I felt played a very, very good, very perfect Justice League version of Batman. He played the League version very well. He's trying to assemble the team because he wronged Superman, so he's trying to make, he's trying to right his wrongs, so he's trying to collect a team of heroes to save the world in honor of him. Like, that's something Batman would do. He plays the character true, and then the other one, even though he's evil during most of the movie, uh, Henry Cavill is Superman. Because when he comes back and he's resurrected and he's confused because his mind's still in the battle before he died, so he's like not entirely there yet. And the whole fight with the Justice League. But after that, when he puts the black suit on, that's the truest form of Superman Henry's ever played. We got to see a little bit of the Beacon of Hope and a little bit of the Big Blue Boy Scout. In when like in those scenes, we got to see a little bit of true Superman. The one character I felt like could have needed some work was Barry Allen, Ezra Miller's Barry Allen. I get Barry's supposed to be the comedic relief, even though Barry's not the funny Flash. He still is used as comedic relief. They made him way too funny, and they didn't make Barry like scientifically smart enough. Like, Barry Allen's this huge fucking science nerd, like, wizard that can solve multiversal quantum fucking physics equations and shit, and you don't see any of that in this movie. Exactly. You just got some goofy goofy dude that's pooping around hot dogs in slow motion. Like, he really dropped the ball with Barry Allen's, like, personality and persona, but, like, the comedic relief, and when Ezra was Playing the Flash and using the Flash's power in battle was done pretty well. Absolutely. But the personality side of Barry was atrocious. It was very bad. No, because it wasn't Barry. That's not No, it Barry. wasn't. It was like a combination of it was like a combination of Wally and Barry. And like not so much Barry. It's like more Wally than it was Barry. Honestly, it was like Wally and Bart. Like it wasn't really Barry at all. Like Barry's happy, but he's not funny. 
Like he's not like he he'll, yeah, he'll exactly. He'll do a one liner and he'll like have a little fun with Hal Jordan, but he's not like not like that. Not like well, what's the one thing we need? Love. <laughs> like like shit like yeah, the little like Yeah, but not like hi, I'm Diana. Or hi Barry, I'm Diana. Oh wait, that's not right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's not him. That's he was more Wally than Barry. So I, I agree with you. I think his personality, but the Flash as a character was done pretty well in, in his the way the Flash. Yeah, like when he was fighting, he was using his powers and he was running. He was like, I gotta break the rules. I gotta run faster than speed of light. Like that shit was fantastic. And the scene with him saving Blend or I mean um, Iris in the car accident. Besides the hot dog fucking shit bouncing around and the slow motion <laughs> scene of the cop, cup spilling in the semi truck, like. That was a pretty cool scene other than that. Like, watching him cap through the glass and watching the glass turn to liquid and then break was really cool. And I, it's not probably not something that was done intentional, but if you notice in this movie, Barry's a young Flash, so he doesn't necessarily know all of his powers yet. Yes, he knows about running faster than the speed of life and the speed force and everything, but... Barry can't phase through solid objects yet. I love. I like how Zach kind of hinted at that, whether that was on purpose or coincidentally. Because like I said, he poked through the glass and the glass turned to liquid and then the glass broke. Barry would have vibrated through the glass without breaking it in the comic books. And like that's something I felt like I picked up that I felt like he did on purpose because a young Barry Allen doesn't know how to vibrate through solid objects yet. That's something he learns throughout his time being the Flash. Like I said, I don't yeah. know if that was done on purpose or if it was coincidental, but I I like that little that little like inclusion in the story. Yeah, no, I thought that was good. I really do. I uh and the stuff with Barry was fine. I thought uh, Arthur was, he was played badass, like how he was supposed, like this was the movie, because we got to remember, this was going to be the first movie with Aquaman in it. There was no Aquaman one yet. So this was supposed to be the movie that really fucking turned him into a badass, because they were trying to make him cool here. The, the This movie, yeah. all Aquaman's role was to be here was to look cool. And I think he succeeded at that. Jason Momoa did a great job. Definitely. But, like I said, he's the person that made the goofiest fucking character in comic books besides, I'd say, Squirrel Girl. <laughs> he's the only one he could make that kind of character cool. And, like, recognize and make that character make a billion dollars in a solo movie. I agree. So I thought he looked really cool. I thought uh, Superman, like you said, he was the beacon of hope at the end. He was this badass kind of, you know this bright hope of future for the DC universe and uh, the way he came in at that final battle and tore shit up. He's in the movie, the least out of all these heroes, but he really, he does feel like his arc that started in man of steel ran through Batman versus Superman. It feels like it's completed in a pretty good way here. And it feels like, like I was uh, like, like I said earlier, like I want the character to come back of course, but it doesn't feel like, a major cliffhanger for him that it's over. It feels like a cliffhanger for the actor, but not like the character did get a good payoff here with the 
with Bruce buying the bank and shit and him being with right. Martha and Lois and they're all in the farm hugging. Like he got a, a pretty good end for him. But I thought Wonder Woman played Wonder Woman to a key. The big fight scene at the end and her chopping Steppenwolf's fucking yeah. head off. So cool. Uh, I arguably so have a couple little notches on Wonder Woman as well, actually, now that I think about it. Well, what's your notches on Wonder Woman? I mean, they kind of dumbed her down a little bit, because if you think about it, Wonder Woman easily can solo Steppenwolf. Yeah. Like, without like without breaking a sweat, Wonder Woman would shit on Steppenwolf. And, like, they kind of dumbed her down. Like, her and Flash and Batman and Aquaman and Cyborg couldn't beat him. But as soon as Superman showed up, it was a walk in the park. Like, Wonder Woman should be able to do what Superman did to Steppenwolf. They redeemed her, though, with the head chopped off. They did, they but I, mean, I definitely felt like they dumbed her power down, like, quite a bit. Because, yeah. like, Wonder Woman, like, Superman himself in the comic books has even said it, that he arguably would lose to Wonder Woman. Well, yeah, and he has, and she's a tough motherfucker. So I agree with you. Like in the fight scene when they all fight Superman, he disposes of her rather easy. That would that would not exactly. be the way like, that fight yes, actually. No, like that would be a fight. Like those two actually fought, that would tear the fucking Metropolis down. Yes. And like he just lifts up and just headbutts her and dents the fucking concrete with her, with the impact of the headbutt, like. That's definitely, like, doable, but the fact that she just stopped right there is ridiculous. Wonder Woman has unlimited stamina and a fierce, like, aggression to battle. She wouldn't have just stopped right there. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that kind of dropped the ball on a bit, now that I actually think about it. Yeah, in a way, but he also, like, she was the warrior princess. She was this, you know. Oh, she was. The perfect scene to describe her and her in this movie is that introduction scene, which I think every character's introduction scene was done well. Uh, Barry's in the, the hot dog poke, and then in the shit with Iris set up some cool shit. Arthur looked cool fucking with that night with the song about the king of everything, and he's the water flowing behind him and shit. Uh, Batman... Got his own uh, introduction. Well, he was going to find Arthur, I think, at the beginning of this thing. But the character introduction of Wonder Woman, of her saving all those people from uh, Roos Bolton. <laughs> fucking my, my homie Roos out here in the Snyder Cut. Fucking tearing shit up. And her stopping all the bullets. and Like, this scene was done in the Justice League, too. And it's kind of... It's only touched a little bit, but it's the one part that they cut out of it, which it's like, Joss Whedon, what the fuck is wrong with you? Is when the little girl is like, after she's all shook and she's like, are you okay? And she's like, can I be like you someday? She's like, you can be anything you want. It's like, that's that just fucking describes Wonder Woman as a character. It describes who she is and the impact she has on youth and little girls and shit. And how the fuck do you cut that? Like, I don't get how you cut that 30 seconds. Like, I did, that was one of the things I was like, it makes no sense to why it didn't make Oh, sense. I know. Like, exactly. And the fact that Josh Whedon had the Flash in the car- in the movie and he used the Flash for two fucking minutes. Yes. But th- that, 
of course. And what he did to the Flash is, and Cyborg is fucking uh, a monstrosity. But th- that that particular scene, it's like it doesn't make sense because that is a lighter Wonder Woman that they wanted. That's not a dark Snyder bro fucking. She's fucking chugging beer, doing lines, and fucking chopping heads off. You know, like she's fucking inspiring a little girl and like. It's a really nice scene after she just saves all these people. Yes, she kind of murders Bruce Bolton with the, with the wrist thing that makes him fly out of the fucking window, and that's not really Wonder Woman like. Fuck it, she inspired people. I mean, yeah, it is. she kills. Wonder Woman kills. Yeah, in specific occasions, but she doesn't. She's not a killer. She doesn't pride herself on being a killer, and she will do anything in her power to stop that from being the solution. Like, it was a big deal in comics when she fucking finally killed Maxwell Lord. But, uh, no, she was done well. And uh, Batman, of course, you touched on Batman. I thought Batman as a league Batman, someone that was running the Justice League and put the Justice League together and is giving them directions, I thought he did a pretty much perfect job. I think any hater of the Batfleck should watch this and then reconsider because they Absolutely. did like, Justice, Exactly. They, and like the cinematic yeah. shots that Snyder did, like when Commissioner Gordon called Bruce to Gotham to talk to him about what the fuck's going on with the parademons. Yeah. Like that scene when Batman just shows up on the peak of the gargoyle is the best visual of Batman I've ever seen. It's so good, yeah. It's so good. And just him, like, giving them directions in battle. And he was the one that, what, like, led the charge to get Clark. And him, like, talking, like, helping out Barry and getting Barry going and ready to go. And he was yeah. just such, he was the perfect Batman. And he was a great leader of the Justice League. And he was the one that brought it together. And the stuff in the cave with Alfred's always good. Him and that Jeremy Irons, I can watch them talk for, for hours. Like those scenes with Alfred and Batman are just always fun, and you gotta have faith. Yeah, like it was just—it was exactly so good. like they're my favorite Batman and Alfred, like individually. Like, I, and they have perfect chemistry together as the characters. Like, I really like Bat, like Justice League Batman alone is my favorite iteration of Batman, whether it's the movies or the comics. Yeah, and Bat Affleck absolutely ten out of ten nailed his performance for a Justice League version of Batman. Yeah, you you much prefer him with the league fighting cosmic threats than in Gotham. I do. I much prefer Batman being like the brains behind all the power and like the league and everything. And another thing I want to praise Snyder for doing, which nobody's fucking done before, is putting Martian Manhunter in the goddamn movie. Yeah, I did not love the way it was done, though, at first. I don't think you need the first scene with Martha. I think you do the second no, scene and that's fine, and you end it that way. But there's too many there's too many plot holes that come with that first scene. Of they see each other later on the farm when they're with Clark. You don't think Martha was or like fucking Lois was like I really appreciate that pep talk. Like you really got me back on my feet. And then Martha's like, What the fuck are you talking? About? <laughs> we didn't talk. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, dude? We never had a conversation. I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. But, so that that scene was a little, but yes, Martian Manhunter, I thought the look and the design was cool. I thought the actor was a good choice. Uh, another, like, people shit on the fact that he was waiting the whole time, but 
that's not like not out of character. He was waiting for a big cosmic threat. That seems like something Martian would do. Wait for something like yeah, exactly like if Darkseid actually showed up to Earth, Martian would do something. Yeah, like I know people are well. Why didn't he fucking help with like Doomsday and shit? It's like he knew what was gonna happen and how things were gonna go. And like you can explain that in your head. That's not a plot hole to me. Yeah, exactly. And like even if you go back and read the Death of Superman comic with Doomsday in it, Martian's not in that fucking comic. No. And Martian, it was a good thing that Martian was away from that story. Wonder Woman and Batman aren't even in that comic, and they were in that story. Exactly. Exactly. So he showed up when he wanted to show up, and now he's ready to fight. And I thought it was cool. I mean, we would have. The only thing that the only thing that wasn't allowed is Snyder's complete full vision. The only thing that actually got cut at the end was John Stewart because DC was like, "Come on, dude." That pisses me off. He's my favorite fucking Green Lantern, man. Because that thing at the end, it wasn't supposed to be Martian. Even though I like that introduction better than the one we got earlier, I thought, because the one that we got earlier was filmed with the actual movie. This was filmed afterwards. But it was supposed to be Green Lantern, John Stewart. And Wayne T. Carr looks like a perfect fucking John Stewart. But it was just, like, they wanted to use John for other shit. Who knows if they're ever going to, I mean... We'll see what Gunn does, <laughs> but uh, I think they should have just let him do it. Not that it matters. It's only a four-minute scene anyway, but who gives a fuck? You're letting the dude do his shit anyway. Let him throw in Green Lantern. But I was fine All with right. it being Martian. I didn't really give a shit. I love both characters, but Martian's fine. He needed to be there in some capacity anyway. So He does. One, we do have to touch because, like, Snyder said he was the heart of the movie. I know it's something you don't agree with. But a big emotional point in the movie is Cyborg's character arc. And his origin, I think, is done almost beautifully and perfectly. And the fact that you have all these characters and this big meeting of gods and fucking, you know, some of the biggest superheroes we've ever heard of. And you also fitted an origin for this, like, character that's kind of new to the league and, and, like, the rookie a little bit. And you throw in such a good and powerful and dark and, and or, and like, at the end, when he fucking looks that, like, construct in the face and he's like, and he's like, I'm not alone and I'm not broken. It's like, that fucking made them, that made him at that point. That's like, it, like, it makes you sad about the Ray Fisher shit now because there was so much potential there. What could have been? Right. Like, you can't tell me that shit wasn't cool. Cyborg had a fucking good arc in this movie. I said, you can't tell me that Cyborg's arc wasn't fucking awesome in this movie. No, he had a good arc. I think he was... He might not be like Wonder Woman and Batman and shit, but I think he was done... Like, out of all the people that were done dirty by the Justice League... Flash and Cyborg are the biggest. Flash and Cyborg got fucked. They oh, I have the... some news. What's the news? Dwayne Johnson took to social media and confirmed that Black Adam will not be a part of the James Gunn's DC's universe. You gotta be fucking... <laughs> no, no way. 
Yep. Really? Yep. Let me just make sure. What are you on? Is it on Twitter? It's on Facebook, I see it. But it would be The Rock's Twitter, right? Probably. Okay, he posted it three hours ago. Can I, should I read it? I have it right here. Here, here. My passionate friends, I wanted to give you a long-awaited Black Adam update regarding the character's future in the new DC Universe. James Gunn and I connected, and Black Adam will not be in their first chapter of storytelling. However, DC and Seven Bucks have agreed to continue exploring the most valuable ways Black Adam can be utilized in future DC multiverse chapters. James and I have known each other for years and have always rooted for each other to succeed. It's no different now, and I will always root for DC and Marvel (laughs) to win and win big. You guys know me, and I have very thick skin, and you can always count on me to be direct with my words. These decisions made by James and DC leadership represent their vision of DCU through their creative lens. After 15 years of relentless hard work to finally make Black Adam, I'm very proud of the film we've delivered for fans worldwide. I will always look back on the fan reaction to Black Adam with tremendous gratitude, humility, and love. We did great uh, to, uh, to my fans and everything. We love you, all that shit. Uh, dude. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, I mean, Black Adam's Kaputsky. I mean, he's left it open that maybe in the future he'll return as the character, but for right now, yeah, Black Adam's done. No, no rock. No more Black Adams. I, I don't. I don't even fucking know anymore, man. I, I think. Uh, I mean, it makes sense. I didn't think he was going to be because he said in his first chapter of storytelling. He used his words very... He said he was being very direct, but that wasn't very direct, Dwayne. <laughs> there, was, there was a lot of subs in there, Dwayne. Uh, I think... I think this means that he's definitely not in James Gunn's plans off the bat, but I think Gunn's plans are going to lead to multiversal shit, and I think multiversal shit will bring Rock back. I think that's what he just said there. I, I think that he's possibly, like it's possible about future possibilities. Well, I mean, we'll see. I think he's trying to say that it's not in the main universe right now, but if shit opens up, he'll be back. And it's sad to hear because you really like you thought he like the hierarchy was supposed to change, dog. <laughs> like what the fuck? We were supposed to fucking run this bitch, but. And he fucking worked so hard. I feel bad for him. I hope... I think we will see a Black Adam 2 and shit like that. And I think we will see a JSA movie or something like that. I don't know what James is planning, but I think me and the rest of the world, I think even you, to an extent, can't fucking wait to see what it is, at least. I'm curious. Are you not curious, Bobby? I'm curious to see what it is, but I have very extremely low expectations. Yeah, I know. Like, for, like, to keep the, like, the fan base is the number one thing that you need to have behind you, because that's what's going to sell your fucking movie tickets, and you are not impressing the fan base whatsoever, dude. If anything, is, you're bro, turning the fans against you. Against you, especially when you had so much goodwill. Like, the Snyder Bros kind of hated him for Suicide Squad, and you didn't like that movie, but 
general fans loved it, and general fans loved him from Guardians and stuff. And Peacemaker was and no one can fucking shit on Peacemaker. I mean, you can try, but Peacemaker is a, is a DC TV show, one of the best superhero TV shows of all time. Uh, so he's got so much goodwill, but he's just flushing it all down the fucking toilet by telling everybody oh. to fuck off. Which I don't blame. Like I told you, if I if they gave if they're like Dan, you're in charge of this bitch, you're running this bitch. I would say we're we're starting fresh. I would do the same thing. Not in this context. I wouldn't be like, all right, you announce Cavill. All right, I'll put Cavill in something. Like I'll figure it out. All right, I'll fucking like do something. Rock. But I don't blame him for certain. At this fresh. point. At this point, and I hope somebody at Disney hears me. <laughs> Fire Henry Cavill right now. Fuck DC. Take that Dude. motherfucker from us right now. He's obviously acts as Superman, and our hopes are fucking gone, and the fans are upset. Take him right now. That is your perfect Doctor Doom is Henry Cavill. Fire Dr. him right Doom. now. Or fucking put the man in a blonde wig and fucking... Give us that World War Hulk movie and let's bring the century in this motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would say Dr. Doom. It's something he could do for a long time. He's the perfect age for Dr. Doom. He's the perfect build. He's the perfect face. Like, he's got Dr. Doom written all over him. He could be perfect for the character. It could be Dr. Doom. I don't he just needs to learn how to talk in a semi-German accent. All right, where were we in the Snyder Cut? <laughs> where are you going We were talking about the characters. Yes, I was talking about Cyborg. And we can always come back because we're running out of time. But we, we can always hit this again. Because uh, it's such a fucking big movie and it expanded. So I'd like to do an episode on the Snyderverse one day. Just talk about the projections and shit. Like what could have been oh, sure. the Deathstroke movie and shit. Uh, I thought Cyborg, Cyborg and Flash were the most fucked over. That was my last thought. I think out of everybody in the Snyder Cut, Flash and Cyborg, to me, even when I first saw it, I was like, holy shit, because those characters were pretty much non-existent in Justice League. Flash oh, saved one sure. Russian family, and Snyder, or fucking Cyborg just seemed sad. That, that was it. He had no arc in that movie, dude. All I really remember from Ray Fisher, Cyborg from Whedon's, and I only seen Whedon's movie once. But the only thing I really remember from Whedon's movie with Cyborg is Cyborg flying through the air next to Aquaman. Like, that's the yeah. only thing I remember from Whedon's movie with Cyborg in it. Yeah, fuck that. And and, and this, I, he's got a whole, he's an hour of the movies like his, <laughs> or at least a half hour. No, like a good portion of the Snyder Cut is. See, I mean, he definitely has the emotional heart of the movie. I wouldn't say that his arc is the, is the heart of the movie. He holds the emotional spectrum of the movie, but I definitely feel the heart of this movie was Batman trying to redeem his wrongs that he committed to Superman and trying to save the world in honor of him. I felt like that was more the heart of the movie. Dude, I'm still looking at this tweet, and this one, Grace Randolph was like, nicely handled and to rock. And he's like, thank you, Grace. Appreciate you. Gave it a shot. Win some, lose some. Oh, dude, he, 
<laughs> he's not coming back, bro. It's over. You don't say win yeah. some lose some if you're coming back. Uh, no, but I, I agree with you. I think Ray Fisher was the emotional heart of the movie. I do think, like, as far as heart, heart, it's hard to it's hard to say. They, any one of the Trinity, to me, the Trinity are per- essentially perfect in this movie. My only regret is that since Superman was kind of compromised for most of it, that we didn't get more scenes of that Trinity together and more... Because, like, everyone wants to see those three doing shit. Like, let's build to a Trinity movie someday. Like, like people want to see that. So, we could have used a little more of that. But I love the fucking movie. I, this is my favorite superhero movie. The action is perfect. It's still... This was filmed in 2017, and it's still the best action scenes I've ever seen. Avengers Infinity War is right there with it. But, like, anything Phase 4... All the action scenes in this beat the shit out of it. The VVX, everything. This beats the shit out of anything in Phase 4, bro. Sure. You kidding me? So, I, uh... We'll give it a rating and we'll head out soon. Uh, because... You know, we got shit to do. But, I, I give it, a, like, a, probably a 9.5 out of 10. <laughs> like, it's right there for me. I can't uh, give it a 10. I would agree. About 9.5 out of 10 for me as well. It's essentially a perfect movie. The villain was great. Uh, some of the lowest shit got a little annoying. Like, it, we've we've kind of talked about our, not disdain, but we don't necessarily love Amy Adams as, as Lois. And oh, absolutely not. These movies really, the one thing these movies do is they really want her to be important. <laughs> it's like they really want Lois to be a big deal. And she is, but... Not in the way that they want her to be. Uh, so that that was lacked a little bit, but it's a 9.5. This movie's essentially perfect. The superhero action was phenomenal. All the characters were done, like, ripped out of the comics almost. It was very, besides, like, Barry, as we talked about. But a lot of them felt like faithful adaptations. The comic relief was good, but it also had a lot of emotional weight. Sacrifice the cyborg's dad. There was just some big scene. If it's a four-hour movie and you don't get bored, what else can you say? And I watched this in one sitting when I first saw it. So, yeah, that's my final thoughts. You got any final thoughts on this thing, boy? Boy. Fantastic movie, one of my favorite superhero movie of all time. It's very, very close tie with Spider-Man's No Way Home. But this is definitely still my favorite. The Justice League is my favorite superhero team of all time. It's my favorite universe. Most of my favorite characters. And I definitely felt like Zach delivered for the very first Justice League movie to ever appear in a film, I felt like Zack did a very good job for their very first appearance. It might not be the greatest Justice League story that will ever appear, even though I think it's absolutely fantastic. But for the Justice League's first appearance, well, what was supposed to be their true first appearance, (laughs) it was was fantastic. Better than the other one. Definitely. That other fucking movie shouldn't even be fucking written, dude. Josh Whedon absolutely 
fucked everything everything up. That dude's an asshat. That dude sucks. He fucking sucks. All right, Bobby, let's get the fuck out of here. Uh, Hold on, I have a question for you. All right, what's your question? What's our reading assignment next week? What is our reading assignment next week? I had a couple different ideas, but I think we're going to stick with Marvel because we're doing, uh, well, I'll let you announce it, but we're going to be doing a DC-type theme again for next week. So my Marvel readings assignment, we're going to do Deadpool versus the Marvel Universe. I've been eyeing it up ever since I got the app again. I haven't read it. Let's get it. All right. I, I love Deadpool. I love. I mean, it just—it seems like my type of shit. We kind of just did that with Hulk, but who cares? <laughs> so let's see. See Deadpool fuck up the Marvel universe. All right. So then I'll pick a DC one next for the week after. Sounds good. Uh, and you want to tell the good people the main enchilada of next week? All right. Well, for all you comic book readers out there, the dark crisis on infinite earth comes to an end as of today. Actually, it ends today. The book was released today. So every single one of you who hasn't gotten your copy, get your fat ass to the fucking store and buy it. Okay. Cause the event's over with the dawn of the DCU is here. And we're going to review that, that that single issue alone. And then we're going to review the entire Dark Crisis event as a whole. All the main issues, the Deadly Green tie-in, the Flash, Finding Barry Allen tie-in, Damien in the Darkness, Warzone, Big Bang again, and the whole event. And then what's to come afterwards for the new Dawn of the DCU? Yeah, very excited. Cool. Yeah, we're going to be talking about all of that, uh, the whole DC universe as a whole, pretty much, and what's coming up, and what we thought of the event, what we think of the issue. It's Dark Crisis Week next week. Sure is. But uh, well, we do got right, some then. Marvel reviews next week. We got a uh, Gold Goblin and Spider-Man and the Lost Hunt review next week as well. Yes. Uh, I have those two issues right in front of me. I can't wait to... I'm not going to lie. I probably will hit Crisis before that, <laughs> but I will be touching all of those books. Very inappropriate. My store, my store doesn't. My store doesn't let me get DC books until Wednesdays when Marvel comes out. So well, don't worry. I'll be there. I'll be the first customer in the store, and that Dark Crisis is going to be in my hand. Uh, all I can say is I keep seeing Batman with a fate helmet. Like the picture floating around the internet. So I know, like oh, I have high Like, what's Batman about to do with the power of Naboo in his side? Like, what's about to fucking happen? <laughs> I don't know, but you know, some crazy shit's about to go down. So uh, it doesn't. It looks crazy for my boy Dickie on, on the cover too. I don't know what's going on with him, but uh, yeah, this is gonna be a fun one. I'm excited to talk Dark Crisis. We're also gonna talk Deadpool versus the Marvel Universe. So we got two uh, two kind of big events to to go over. I mean, Dark Crisis is obviously a a universe shattering event as opposed to Deadpool, which is just kind of having some fun. But yeah, it's going to be a big week next week. Sure is. All right, brother. Uh, keep clapping and keep snacking. I got you, dog. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, peace out, brother. Thank you.